between two underground conveniences, a ladies' and gentlemen's. Their entrances ornate with Victorian ironwork, a hanging gas lamp yellowing the tiled steps in winter, their depths exuding warmth and the sharp smell of carbolic as you passed. Five-finger Steve, he had lost all the fingers on his left hand in the Great War, sold whelks of the end of World's End passage of a Sunday morning. Unlike the rest of Chelsea, the World's End had important industry a massive flour mill on the river that formed the area's southern boundary, a lowering four-stack generating station at Lotts Road, and a sprinkling of small factories, each employing perhaps four or five men and a dozen girls. Balancing on the mud bank of Chelsea Creek was Charrington's Brewery. On King's Road, opposite Guinness Trust buildings, was a large and noisy Watney's bottling plant. The girls who worked there wore clogs against the swilling water on the brick floors, and curlers in their hair on Fridays. By the time we were eleven or twelve, we would pass as often as we could when the girls stood smoking in the green-tiled entrance. They thought we were dying of embarrassment as they winked and lazily rotated abreast with a free hand, or honed their repartee on us as we approached. In fact, we had gone out of our way just to see and hear such things from older girls. "'What you looking for, babyface? A quick jump round the bike sheds? And if I was?' "'Then you've come to the right place, love.' "'And the girl would sashay forward in her clogs, "'while the others shrieked with laughter, "'and we'd run like madmen, "'though we knew we were in no danger of the offer going further. "'Most of the girls were at no age themselves, "'no more than sixteen or seventeen, many of them, "'between school and early marriage, "'savouring a brief period of sexual freedom, "'only safe to exercise on small boys. "'In addition to making and bottling beer,' The World's End had a dozen pubs, frequented for a preferred ale, a game of crib or a street bookmaker, who might, in certain circumstances, allow credit where none was due. Each pub had its own following and reputation. The World's End pub itself was never thought of as particularly boisterous. The Riley and the Weatherby were recognised as the roughest pubs. The Weatherby from its position on the corner of Sladeburn Street, Now a middle-class cul-de-sac of powder pink and blue-painted houses, Slayburn, as it was pronounced by everybody who lived in the world's end, was known for its Saturday night fights. To my brother and me, as children who really only heard about the fights from our grandmother, my mother's mother, Eliza Toop, it was known even more for its bonfire on Guy Fawkes' night. Then the fire would be built in the middle of the narrow street, and the flames would leap between the houses, while the men would stumble out of the Weatherby, and, against the cries of their wives, drag out furniture or hurl chairs from the upstairs windows onto the blaze. We were nominally in my grandmother's charge, but as often as not she had slipped into the pub for a twist of snuff, and we were free to push our way through the crowds for half an hour. The swirling smoke and leaping showers of sparks, the crack of fireworks and the whoosh of rockets all fueled our intense excitement as we edged closer to the action. At some point it always got out of hand. The bonfire would tip towards one of the houses. A flapping net curtain would singe and flame. Men and women, probably husbands and wives, would be pushing each other in big untidy fights, their children screaming. The police would be there, probably having been waiting round the corner. And of course there was never a bonfire night in the thirties without a fire engine or two in Slayburn Street. It was a world's end institution. Another was undoubtedly its women. Many a Piccadilly girl came from World's End.
Perhaps it was in line with the area's honourable tradition, of which more later. Perhaps it was the simplicity of the journey. Tuppence on the 22 bus took you, in little more than fifteen minutes, from the World's End pub to the Eros statue in the middle of Piccadilly. Numbers are always difficult to come by, but we know some things by newspaper scandals and from reports even closer to home. Two World's Enders who enjoyed the company of male friends were murdered in the interwar years. The mother of one of my later girlfriends, her father had moved on shortly after her birth, cooked us bacon and eggs in Lot's Road before she left to earn enough to support her family in the dark alleyways of Soho. And my own mother's mother, Eliza, had certainly achieved part of her early struggle for independence on the fringes of the profession when she worked as a barmaid at Dirty Dick's in Spitalfields. Any man who didn't work along the river or in the factories or breweries...